You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome everybody back. It's been a few weeks off. We had Thanksgiving, and then Jay, the nerd, has been taking finals in grad school, so he's been too busy to get to us. Um, I finally got him on the podcast again, got him away from the library for like two seconds. Good to have you back, Jay. Yep, that's. Uh, I think this will be all I can do, so I think I'm about to head back to the library right now. All right. You're good to do the rest of the yep. episode by yourself. All right, cool. Well, that was his infinite wisdom that he bestowed upon us. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about a few bowl games. We're going to talk about coaching, maybe touch on basketball, and uh, talk about how the season's over and how it was the worst season of all time. Let's yeah, get definitely. into it. Hello, come right in. All right, so I wanted to start by talking about Navy versus Army. I know we don't have much to say about it, but it is technically the only game being played this weekend. What are your thoughts? Yeah, like you said, I really don't know much about it. Um, it's a fun game to sit down and watch, especially because it's the only game on um, during this weekend every year. But and then obviously the the show that goes into it, you know, with the the flyover and just everything that is involved with the game. It's fun to watch, but. Other than that, really all I know about it is I think this is the first year Army's favored in like 15 years. I know that they won last year, but they're pretty heavily um, favored this year, right? Yeah, yeah, they are, and I, I think they're the better team. Um, I think, like you said, you kind of just have to watch this game. I know no one really keeps up with Army or Navy throughout the entire season. No one really cares. It's kind of like going to a NASCAR race. It's more about like the pageantry and the show and actually just like being part of it rather than keeping up with the drivers. Like, I go to Talladega every year. Do I keep up with every single race driver? No, I don't. But I go because you're just, like, supposed to do it and be part of it. So that's Army-Navy. If you ain't first, you're last. You know what I'm talking about? That phrase is trademark, not to use the other tradition to Ricky Bobby. They're the NASCAR well, actually, of college football. Yeah, well, I just looked it up, and actually Navy's three-and-a-half-point favorites. So even How are the they favored? 
even the year that Army gets eight wins uh, and then Navy has a down year, they're still underdogs. That doesn't make any sense to me. I, I was, My take on this was going to be Army's got this. I don't see a scenario where Navy beats Army. Just, I, I guess I don't know enough about either team. I know Navy because they're in my conference, and I know they're not good, and I know Army's schedule and how they've been doing. So yeah. I don't understand that. I think Army's definitely the better team this year. Based on yeah, my with, with lack that, yeah. of knowledge, with just looking strictly at records, that's that's really it. Yep, yep. By me googling their records, Army's the better team, and you should listen to me over Vegas. Yeah. So, um, what? So Navy's Navy's actually scheduled already to play in the Military Bowl against Virginia, right? And then, um, which actually could be a pretty good game. Yeah, and that Army slotted. This is a pretty cool game against San Diego State in the Armed Forces Bowl. Yeah, that will be cool. I think both. I will say this season's bowls look very interesting. I'm intrigued, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, we probably we probably won't predict any games, but no, I'm thinking we'll uh, save we that. Point some out that look intriguing. Yeah, we'll save that for next week, just because that's like a whole episode by itself, and we have so much coaching talk to go over that I just don't feel like talking for like two hours on this. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much our Navy versus Army talk, right? We don't really have yeah. That's, that's the preview. Any other I'm go- insight? I'm going Navy. I'm going with Vegas here. Uh, I just feel like they're the stronger team. Yeah, uh, that's definitely a good call because every time I say put money on a game against what Vegas says, I'm always wrong. So just to keep that tradition alive, I'm going to go Army. Yeah, and you didn't in this case. You didn't even know what the spread was. Nope. Which which shows which even strengthens my my opinion even more. Yeah, that's actually a good point. It's just like you're you're becoming like anti Vegas, even when you're not trying to be. Well, I'm a very big like Charles and like Shreveport fan, so I've always been anti Vegas deep down in my soul. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Army, there you go. I wanted to talk a little bit about basketball because technically it's going on. Um, technically, I don't think the season actually starts until like late February when tournament starts. Completely over. Yeah, yeah, that too. Um, and then when people start talking about the tournament, I think that's about really when it starts. Yeah. When each team has completed about 20 games, and you got a good idea of who's good and who's not. Right, because it's kind of like early season baseball where you're like, none of this even matters. In this case, though, we're waiting for like the very, very end of the season. That's true. Yeah, because even when it does matter, I still don't care. I, I just care about March. So that's a really good thing for both of us to say um, since we you know, run a college sports podcast. I want to talk about my conference, the AAC, of course, and about how it's becoming a basketball conference. They added Wichita State over the offseason, which was just a huge power move for the conference basketball-wise, because we have Navy, but they don't play in our conference for basketball. So this is kind of like them uh, representing basketball, which is pretty sweet. Over the weekend, they're ranked number eight. I mean, I was watching over the weekend. I honestly haven't watched since. But over the weekend, they were ranked number eight, and then they beat number 16, Baylor. SMU, who's notoriously good at basketball over the past, like, three years, they beat number 14, USC. Houston, my Cougs, who've been notoriously disappointing, beat Arkansas by, like, 26 points in Arkansas. UConn won, Memphis won, even ECU won. Number 11, Cincinnati unfortunately lost to Xavier, but that's like a rivalry game. That's like an inner city rivalry game. And Xavier was ranked number 20, so it's not terrible. 
Um, anyway, my take is new Big East question mark. <laughs> I don't know if we should go that far. I know right now they've only got five projected uh, tournament teams. So I that's think pretty good, though. It is, but Big East was you know consistently putting like six, seven, eight teams in. I would go as far to say that we are better than the Big East, though, because unlike the Big East, we actually compete in football and baseball. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So the ACC, the AAC, which I know I'm a fan, so this is like very biased, but is just kind of separating itself from the rest of the G5, but not to the P5 level yet, to where it's just like this like no man's land of competitive in every sport. Yeah, yeah, good. Uh, that's a pretty good analysis of it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm pretty excited for it. And if I'm cheering for a team that's not a P5, at least I can cheer for a team that's in the American. Because no matter what sport's on, our conference is competitive. And it's just fun to watch. Um, I am a big fan of if you're going to add a team to a conference, even if they're better than you, it's going to end up being good in the long run. So I'm really happy that they added Wichita State. It kind of sucks because that's just like one more good team that's going to beat us every year in basketball. But I think it'll end up like strengthening in our program. Yeah, you have to take some of those some of those short-term losses and just hope that they turn into long-term pluses because it's going to attract better athletes to that school. And then just residually it's going to happen. It's going to kind of spread throughout the conference. Right, and a team like Houston with the history that they have in basketball in the city they're in, it's just, I think it's only a matter of time that they eventually get good again. Mm-hmm. Five yeah, we'll jamma, see. baby. Um, yeah, so that was Talking Basketball. That's Man, this podcast is going to get really boring quickly when football's over. Uh, do you want to talk about a few bowl games? Yeah, I, uh, I don't know how thoroughly you've looked through the list. Oh, very. Um, okay, cool. That's all I've been yeah. doing. I just I thought it'd be pretty cool to go through the list and just kind of point out some of the lesser i guess probably going to be lesser watch games but games that i see some intrigue in like and g5 guess, bowl games you would do the same yeah but i don't i don't have to limit it just to that obviously the power five matchups are going to draw a little bit more attention i do have a list of like the g my favorite g5 bowl games though so i think that kind of goes into it also well i feel like, I feel like that'll those will be pretty obvious right like the best g5 bowl games though yeah, that's what, that's what I'm saying. I feel like just saying G5 bowl games doesn't automatically mean like disrespect. Like I feel like there's going to be um, there's, a, there's know, always like two that people are like, okay, that that'll be a fun matchup, but not very watched is kind of what I'm saying. All right, well, um, I'm just going to start a game start on the 16th, so that's 10 days from the moment we're recording this. Actually, the first game is the Celebration Bowl. I think they've been doing this for what two, three, four years, where it's the the SWAC teams, it's Grambling State versus North Carolina A&T. Yep, yeah, they and that's actually a pretty sweet matchup. Um, yeah, because they're two dominant teams in their in their division. Right, and I don't know much about that honestly, but what I do know is those two teams are really good, so that should be actually a fun matchup. I do know Devontae Kincaid from Grambling um, is a stud. I think he's won Player of the Year last two years uh he transferred from Ole Miss when I was there he transferred because he wasn't getting any play time and he went to Grambling State and he's just been tearing it up so that'll be fun to watch it's yeah it's a good location it's in Atlanta which you know North Carolina A&T that's in what Winston-Salem or Greensboro I think 
Something like that. Greensboro, I think. And then Grambling in Louisiana, and like, I think that's in Ruston, like out right up, or it's in Grambling, Louisiana, right outside Ruston, right next to Louisiana Tech. Uh, so Atlanta's a sweet location for both those schools, and they both have really good fan bases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Houston, like three years ago, we played Grambling in Houston, and they had a lot of fans show up, and their band was a lot of fun. And I know North Carolina A&T has a lot of really good fans. So that'll actually be like a very underrated bowl game. Yeah, no, I was going to say that was my next thing is the bands are always the big draw mm-hmm. for those for those schools. But uh, on that same day, one game that kind of sticks out to me, I know the headliner is going to be Boise State, Oregon, but uh, Marshall, Colorado State is really intriguing, the New Mexico Bowl. Yeah. Because Marshall's defense has looked good this year. I know they've kind of fallen off towards the end of the season. Um, but Colorado State has one of you know, the most – potent offenses in all the g5 schools yeah so there was actually there was two of my favorite g5 bowl matchups on the same day you just listed one of them i think that'll be a really sweet game um none of that neither of them are necessarily like outstanding teams this year but i think they match up really well mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah it'll make for for like a aesthetically pleasing pleasing matchup i think Unfortunately, it's in Albuquerque, so no one that's cheering for Marshall will show up because nobody that cheers for Marshall shows up to their own games. Yeah. Um, it, Colorado State has does have a pretty good fan base, especially with their new football stadium this year. So they've been showing up pretty well, and Albuquerque, it's not crazy far for them. So it's just you know the next state down. So they might they might get some fans there, which will make it fun. Um, <laughs> They might I think they're really looking forward to traveling to Albuquerque in middle of December. Yeah, well, especially if you're from like Colorado, which is like an awesome state to be in in December, and you're like, why mm-hmm. the fuck would I want to go to Albuquerque? It's a good point. Um, but another one that I think will might have a little bit better fans because it it's located in between both teams is the New Orleans Bowl in a place called New Orleans, Troy versus North Texas. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd love to see North Texas. Um, I don't know as much about... Actually, yeah, Troy, 10 wins, that's right. They both have uh, 10 wins, right? Yeah, yeah, and Troy's defense has been super stout this year. Yeah, but, I mean, UNT is looking nasty. I, I think... We're not making predictions yet, actually. So I'm going to save that. I'm going to save my pick for that one for our next episode. But that is a sweet matchup. I'm really excited about that one. I think... Does North Texas have 9 or 10 wins? Oh, maybe it's nine. Honestly, I didn't even look it up. But the, I mean, that's that's a high win total for those two teams. I mean, they played in their conference championship, so I would yeah yeah, yeah. expect I mean, ten. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's and again uh, Akron. Akron just played in their championship with like eight wins, I think. Yeah, that was a fluke, though. That shouldn't have even happened. <laughs> Speaking of Akron, the Boca Raton Bowl on December nineteenth, playing against FAU in Boca Raton. I mean, that's just going to be ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even going to mention that game. But, yeah. yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, that, that's just going to be ugly. I'm, I'm not excited about that. Um, another G5 matchup that I think is going to be pretty sweet is SMU, uh, Louisiana Tech in Frisco, Texas. Obviously, it's in Frisco, Texas, right outside Dallas, which means no one's going to show up because no SMU fans ever show up to their own games. Hopefully yeah, some I'll... Louisiana Tech fans show up. That's not a far drive from Ruston. I was going to mention this game, um, but Louisiana Tech hasn't really excited me all year. And with Chad Morris heading out to Arkansas now, it just, I don't know, it just pulls a lot of the excitement that I had for it. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I didn't even think about that part. 
I'll, I'm going to talk about the Chad Morris hire too, because I definitely have an opinion on that one. But I just think it's funny. Watch Frisco Bowl. We'll get like no fans. And they picked SMU probably thinking that they would actually get some. Oh, and, sure. uh, yeah, they're not going to have shit. So, uh, the Armed Forces Bowl, we kind of already mentioned this. Army versus SDSU. That'll be fun. Yeah, that same day, though, the Dollar General Bowl. That might be one of my one of my most uh, anticipated games. App State yeah. playing Toledo. Yeah, because that's the Sun Belt is the Mac of the South, and it's like the two best schools from each conference. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, because um, App State might have the best uh, G five defense in the country. Whoa, and easy. Toledo easy. And to, I, when I say these things, I'm excluding uh, Central Florida, although Central Florida's defense is not good at all no no but no I was gonna no say, i'm talking about someone of, else you asshole i know to, outside of central florida and probably south florida toledo's probably got the best uh g5 offense right so yes they, they do. should they should be battling pretty well yeah that's actually gonna be a really sweet lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. One, and that's uh, that's what the, the 23rd, right? Mobile, Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So terrible location. No one's gonna show up. Maybe some App State fans. Um. Yeah, that'll be interesting. South Florida, Texas Tech. Maybe mm-hmm. that'd be that's a, be a ton of points. Right, and that's gonna be one where G5 has a pretty good chance of actually winning. Yeah, I'd probably, without making a pick, I'd probably pick South Florida. Right. Without making a pick, I'm going to pick South Florida. So, moving on, I have to talk about the Hawaii Bowl, Honolulu. This, I think, unbiased, this is the best G5 matchup. That's just an absurd take. How is that an absurd take? What other G5, strictly G5 bowl game is a better matchup? App State, Toledo. Okay, yeah, you might be right. But still, this one's pretty good. Yeah, no, Fresno State kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, I was actually a little pissed when I saw this because I was like, oh, fuck, well, Houston just lost a bowl game. Fresno State looks nasty. Yeah, that's probably one of the worst matchups they could have hoped for. Right, and knowing our players, they're going to be out in Hawaii partying, not giving a shit about this bowl game. So, yeah, that's not a good matchup for Houston, but if they do play well, if both teams play well, that will be a sweet game. And it's the only game on that day, the day before Christmas. So, you know. The day before, I think there's a name for that. No, there's not. Um, no one's going to be there either. Just going to throw that one out. Um, yeah. Oh, definitely not. No, there, there's never anybody at those. It's just the people that are in Hawaii for, for Christmas. Right. Um, Texas, Missouri, and Houston in the Texas Bowl. That's going to get ugly quickly. That was um, Yeah, that was gonna be the next one I, I mentioned. That's going to be a fun game. We'll see how good Texas's defense is 
postseason if they care enough because they yeah, have yeah, a that's... good defense. But Missouri's offense out of nowhere at the end of the season. I mean, UT finally got a bowl game again, and then they get matched up with this sleeping giant. Like, that kind of sucks. Yeah. yeah, Drew Locke has just been just annihilating teams and defenses in the second half of the season. Um, and so this would be an interesting thing to watch for because Texas has been held by its defense all year. And then, like you said, let's see if they can get up for postseason because, you know, it's been a while since they've been back. Yeah, I was talking to my Texas friends, and they were even just kind of like, yeah, we're excited to have a bowl game, but, like, damn it. <laughs> this sucks. We, got, we had to get matched up against this team out of all the teams this year. Like, yeah, they 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 started out rocky. They looked terrible at the beginning, and then Missouri just looks like a completely different team at the end of the season. So that could get ugly for Texas quickly, which would please me immensely. Yeah, and then maybe the ugliest game, now I'm just looking at this, Iowa-Boston College. Like, Does anybody want to watch that? Right. Yeah, no. No, no one's going to watch that. Or like Purdue-Arizona. New York. Actually, Purdue-Arizona I think would be fun because you got uh, um, Khalil Tate for Arizona and then you got uh, Jeff Brom's offense at Purdue. I don't know. It could be interesting. Yeah. Could be. Uh, I love that Florida State is matched up against Southern Miss. That's great. <laughs> and they're, they're going to lose. Florida State? Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't know. The, the, I don't know. We'll see. I, it, it depends. Florida State is not notorious for caring, uh, especially with like a lower bowl. Like their players, you know, are five-star recruits, and then they have to go to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. They probably don't give a shit with how the season's yeah. gone. And, and, then, and now that Jimbo Fisher's gone. Right. Right. So just the way that the season's gone, I feel like it's going to be no motivation. you know, strictly athleticism, they should beat them. But, yeah, that, that one actually could be interesting just based on those things alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michigan State, Washington State, that looks good. Stanford, TCU. Eh, I'm just... The way TCU ended their season in the Big 12 championship game, I just, I've lost a lot of interest in them. Yeah, it, both those teams, I just haven't really liked watching, enjoyed watching either of those teams. Other than the, the Stanford USC, the Pac 12 championship was pretty exciting. Right. But it's just like, I don't know, it's just not fun to watch those two teams this year. No. Yeah, I've lost interest, and people are talking about how great the Alamo Bowl is going to be with those two teams. And on paper, yeah, it should be. But. Just watching them this year, I just don't have much interest in that game. No. I mean, I guess what other games are? Michigan State, Washington State, I probably care more about. Uh, Virginia Tech, Oklahoma State, That that's the same day. That's that's and, the best game of the day, I'd yeah, say. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to be watching that game for sure. Um, that'll, be, that'll be Mason Rudolph's last game. That And that offense, who knows what will happen next year with everybody graduating. So it'll be yeah. fun to see against a, a good, maybe not great, uh, Virginia Tech defense. I'd say, yeah, good. Good to really good. How about that? I'll go that far. Uh, the Arizona Bowl on the 29th, that uh, I just want to throw out that New Mexico State isn't a bowl game. Yeah, what was it, 50, like 60 years or something? Yeah, and their, bowl game? their last bowl game was against Utah State. I know, that's that's such crazy. It's so statistic. perfect, and I've been saying all season that I wanted New Mexico State to go to a bowl game. So and they have them on the final game of the season. Yeah, it's just perfect. I'm really happy about that one. What do you think about um, the Hyundai Sun? When did Hyundai become the sponsor of this one? I thought it was just the Sun Bowl. Who knows? But, I think these things change every year. Yeah. What do you think about that matchup? Well, I think NC State's going to kill them. Um, I don't know if any 
fans are going to travel, but no, they won't. With the coaching transition taking place right now, with Herm Edwards stepping in at Arizona, right, uh, and NC State uh, had its own coaching drama, but and they kept their coach, which is huge. The players have to be so stoked for that. Yeah, and they've they've looked good um, towards the end of the season. Not not great, but they've they've looked like a very above average team and Arizona State has has not I think anytime like a coach decides to decline uh what looks like a really great offer to stay at his program the players have to rally around that yeah um and there's some debate whether that was actually his intention or if his intention was to get more money on his contract extension because I know a lot of coaches have been doing that using the Tennessee uh, vacancy as kind of leverage right to to get their 80s to pour more money into their extension. Well, uh, I mean, it, I can't, I can't blame them. I'm just right, saying. Exactly. I, I would do it too, because at the end of the day, it's a job, and you want as much money as possible. But it seems like he honestly wanted to stay at NC State and keep building that program. So yeah, yeah, I know the fan base is a little mixed on it because they were when they when they saw that he was kind of flirting his name in the Tennessee job hunt. Uh, a lot of the fans were like, well that's fine like we don't really care that much damn really yeah he's like i mean coach. yeah he's, he's been a good coach he's he's kind of like consistently got you know seven win seasons but if if this is a program wanting to take the next step he's probably not the right guy hmm. because simply because this is the most talent that nc state's probably had uh at least in a decade yeah uh, but the acc was also really good this year and everybody's well not really if you look in in the NC State's own division, uh, Louisville had a down year. Uh, Florida State had an extreme down year. And, the, um, and then outside of that, obviously Clemson is, is tough. But they didn't play Miami. Um, so an 8-4 and four season is actually pretty disappointing compared to what they probably should have done. Okay. Yeah, you might be right about that, actually. Regardless, it should probably end up being a 9-win season because I doubt Arizona State's going to win. Um, the Belk Bowl in Charlotte, that... That could be fun. Wake Forest is actually a good team this year. Close enough for, what is that, like an hour and a half drive. So Wake Forest fans should actually show up. And the Aggies will show up anywhere. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that'll be a pretty it, good game. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, one of those SEC shorts, like a little video uh, about SEC teams trying to bid for different bowls. And it was showing Kentucky trying to like talk their way into the Belk Bowl and they're like, Look, we beat both teams in Tennessee. We pretty much dominated that state. And then Texas A&M just comes up. They're like two words: Jimbo Fisher. And then <laughs> Belk Bowl just is like, "Welcome Charlotte." <laughs> so it's funny because they just kind of like Kentucky probably deserved it over Texas A&M, just based on performance. But you know, Belk Bowl is pretty. It's pretty uh, dominant in who they want to come and who they can get fill out the stadium. Right, and uh, it's always a good bowl game, so it should be fun. Um, Memphis versus Iowa State and Liberty Bowl. That's what a good way to get a G5 program to completely show up by putting it in their own city. <laughs> yeah, that is that is going to be a really fun game. But are you just going to completely skip over USC Ohio State? Yeah, the Cotton Bowl, USC Ohio State. Thoughts? I I just think that they're playing really good right now. USC is playing really hot, so. I don't know. I feel like it's it's cool to see these two powerhouses play in Dallas. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's also kind of like a slap in the face because both of them thought that they deserved a spot in the playoffs, and Alabama got it, and so now they have yeah. to play each other. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going on to the Liberty Bowl, uh, should be cool. 
Yeah. No, um, both have really good teams this year, so that'll be pretty good. Uh, Louisville, Mississippi State, don't really care. I'm not going to lie. No, Louisville's going to kill them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Nick Fitzgerald's hurt. Dan Mullen just got hired at Florida. Like, I, I don't see a way that they could beat Louisville. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good point, actually. Notre Dame, LSU, don't really care. I mean, does that is that fucked up for me to say that I don't care about Notre Dame, LSU? Because I should, no, but I no, just don't. not at all. Yeah, it's just one of those seasons. I don't know. Uh, Michigan and South Carolina, if you want to watch two four-loss teams play January 1st, have fun with that. Yeah, and then... And South Carolina's actually favored by almost 10 points in that game. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, at, at, everybody's been talking about it, and I know we talked about it a few weeks ago, but do you think Harbaugh is getting close to the hot seat? Is it warming up? No, well, I mean, I'm sure it's like lukewarm maybe room temperature but no it's gotta um, be warm dude it's what, it's, it, what it's do you warm. expect him to do with john o'corn for the last three games yeah that's a good point <laughs> and i even mentioned <laughs> he just needs a quarterback yeah i mean i mentioned on the twitter account like a week ago it's like for everybody talking shit about john o'corn like he had to leave houston because he lost his starter position to a wide receiver yeah, and then somehow he ended up at Michigan, right. became the third string, and then worked his way back right. into the... I never thought I'd hear the name John O'Corn again after that year. Um, he lost to UTSA at home. That was UTSA's before, that, like second football season ever. I was about to say, that was before Frank Wilson used yeah, UTSA. Yeah, that was their second season ever, and we lost at home, the season opener, in our brand new stadium. That was the first game in our new stadium. Mm-hmm. That That's my like idea of John O'Corn. So the fact that he's just tearing apart Michigan's program is just kind of funny to me. Um, no, the last last few games before the playoffs, it's Washington, Penn State. That'll be cool because I think Penn State probably uh, was one or two play, plays away from probably getting in the playoffs, honestly. I've been saying it all year that I thought Penn State was in the top four best teams in the country. Yeah, it's just kind of unfortunate because I think the two losses that they had were by a combine of four points. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was about to say off the top of my head, I think that just sounds right. But that's crazy that you know, two losses against really, really good teams by combined four points, and that's just the difference. That's that's all it takes. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, it's just disappointing because they really not only could have been in the playoffs, but I would have liked to see them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Just two uh, SEC teams to me, it's just kind of like ugh. Miami, Miami, Wisconsin doesn't really do anything for me. Um, what about? UCF Auburn. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Auburn treats the game, whether they take it seriously or whether they just kind of. I guess it's hard to tell if if they're taking it seriously because if they go out and just get spanked, then who knows if US UCF was just a better team. I remember four years ago when they played in the Fiesta Bowl against Baylor. Mm-hmm. That's the my last memory of a New Year's Bowl with UCF, and they upset Baylor. So I'm hoping for something similar, but, man, that sucks that they got matched up against Auburn. Yeah, if, yeah, because Auburn's still a very, very good team. If they would have got matched up against Washington or Miami, maybe even Wisconsin, I think they could have won that game. Auburn, I honestly, as much as I want to see UCF win, I don't have much high hopes for them against Auburn. No, like, Auburn's just such a good yeah. team. They were playing Auburn's, to get into yeah. the playoffs. You know, they like yeah. they're that good of a team. So yeah, Auburn's pass defense is probably the best, the most premier pass defense in all of the NCAA. So which hurts UCF a lot. So exactly, yeah, exactly. It's yeah, unfortunate, but 
What do you think of the playoff situation? I guess, should we even dive into that yet? Nah, probably not. The Alabama getting in thing? No, but I am really looking forward to Georgia-Oklahoma. Yeah, me too. And I'm going to say it right now, I'm I'm cheering for Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, it'll be, it'd be so cool to see Kirby Smart go in his second season. Yep. I I know we're not making predictions, so I'm not going to predict anything, but uh, Georgia's going to win the whole thing. That'd be pretty wild. Bold prediction, I know, but I th- honestly think they will. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, so that's it. Um, those are the bowl games. I think, I guess still on bowl for one more second, I have a list of the bowl games I think will have the worst attendance. The Bahamas Bowl, Ohio versus UAB. That'll have the worst. <laughs> the second worst will be the Hawaii Bowl, Fresno State versus Houston, although two good teams, no one's going to be there. The Potato okay, so Bowl. Continental. Oh, shit. Continental? Okay. Potato Bowl. Central mm-hmm. Michigan versus Wyoming. Uh, the New Mexico Bowl, Marshall versus Colorado State. And the Cure Bowl, Georgia State versus Western Kentucky. Yeah, those all sound like pretty good candidates. I would have uh, put it, Boca Raton, but that's literally like they have Lane Kiffin, and that's like on their campus pretty much. So Yeah, it's unfortunate. I'd, I'd like to keep up with these uh, in attendance and kind of like see who wins or loses at the end, but... Uh, a, I doubt that they all released attendance data, right. and B, even if they did, they'd probably just lie about it. Exactly. Because the ones, the worst attendance I just listed, there's no way that they're going to be honest about that. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. No. No way. Yeah. Um, We could just show up to every single game and count people. Yeah, that's the method. Or we could just recruit people to do that for us so we don't have to be at every game. Yeah, hey guys, we'll pay you in Bitcoin. We don't have it yet. We don't have the Bitcoin yet, but we will eventually pay you in Bitcoin. I've got got some Bitcoin. Do you? Did you mine it? Uh, No, I just... I bought it like a few weeks ago. Oh, you poser. You didn't mine it? Actually, I didn't buy it. I got it sent from someone, one of my friends. That's weird. I'm not even going to ask yeah. why why you were sent that. It's um, up a lot, actually. Damn, it's at 14000 right now. Damn, really? I got, I got I, Yeah, I got it in uh, under 10000 Oh, nice. So it's seen some growth. Sell, sell, sell. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I wanted to talk about coaching. My mind is just so saturated right now with coaching information. Okay. That like, yeah, yeah, like you bring something up and I I'll, I'll, should be able to talk about it. Okay, well, UTEP hired a coach. I know. I saw that. Did you see that? Did you see this? Yeah, Dana, you hear about this? Dana, like, Dimel or Dimel Dim, or something? Dimel, Dimel, Yeah. Um, yeah, he's coaching at UTEP now. And for the past, like, decade almost he was the oc for kansas state so you know yeah, interesting hire it's, i think it's a safe hire that's probably what they're going for it's definitely a safe hire and it's utep like what are you gonna do yeah they're if, like hey i think this guy could get us one win like, right should we just start there hey this guy might get us one win or at least a half a win so yeah i think they they made the right decision you know what He's i'm good i'm five too so i don't it's not like the young hire either very kansas state move it's just um, that's about as safe as it gets. A Kansas State <laughs> offensive coordinator that's 55 years old. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, whoever is willing to take uh, a UTEP job, right? Mm-hmm. So, I think you know he, he was actually the head coach at Houston. Back I was in the just early 2000s. I was just gonna say I think he coached in Houston. Yeah. yeah. Let's see how he did. He uh, he did very poorly. Yeah. Well, if you don't last long in Houston, they don't waste time to get rid of you. Because uh, well, either either you leave because you did so well, or you get fired because you lost like five games. He did pretty well at Wyoming, though. Hmm. Well, it's Wyoming. So we'll see. We'll see how he does. Um, what are your thoughts on the Chad Morris hire at Arkansas? I'm very don't love it. Don't love it. Don't hate it. Um, I f- it's hard because I don't know how much better Arkansas could have gotten. Um, I know. I feel like it's. I wouldn't be surprised if he does big things just because if you look at his track record, it's pretty much everywhere he's gone. What do you mean it's bad? It's bad. How is it bad? Look at every place he's gone to Clemson and then to SMU. It's like um, just great results. So how is SMU great results? He took uh, a winless team and he's brought them to bowls. Now they still have, they've never had a winning record in the conference. He's been there for three years They've never been ranked higher than sixth best in recruiting in the conference. His overall record is 14 and 22. It's been three years. I get yeah, that it's SMU and they, they were winless before he got there. But you know what? SMU is still in Dallas. They're still in the American Conference. I mean, there's no reason that you can't start actually like winning in the conference if you're at SMU for three years. Yeah, but I mean, if you just look at the improvements from zero wins when he got there to two wins yeah but you're gonna give him more time he brought him to five wins and then seven wins this season with the chance to get the eighth win okay so, what about lane kiffin or scott frost well lane kiffin's just got so many issues in other areas that um that would probably deter them i doubt that they would want to go that route scott well frost, i'm not even um, talking no necessarily about frost. yeah i'm not even talking necessarily about arkansas i'm just saying when you're going to compare a coach to coming into a bad program and turning it around quickly they were there for less than three years, and they turned it around almost immediately. I just, I, I'm not impressed. I think Chad Morris is super bland, and I don't think he's a great head coach. He's not an outstanding recruiter. I don't think that it's a good hire at all. I I'm think sure the people Texas are hyping it up. Do not hurt. Yeah, that's probably. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, that's true. I could see for that. I just think they're gonna get a winning record every year. And never do better than that. And if I'm if I'm an Arkansas fan, I'm not okay with that. I want a better hire. Yeah, no, I agree. It doesn't have a lot of splash. It's just kind of. It's just like, oh, well, I guess we're okay with six wins, seven wins every single year, and never getting great recruits. And it's it is going to be interesting to see because the offense that he's going to implement is going to be vastly different than what they've been recruiting for the past six years. So, because so, Arkansas has always been that that heavy run team, um, right? So it's going to be interesting to see what he does now with all that the talent that's there. I honestly think that was one of the worst hires this year. So interesting. Yep. Uh, what about Willie Taggart? Yeah, uh, great hire. That that's one of the best hires I think. You think? Um, yeah, I think he's he's an extremely extremely dynamic and effective recruiter. Um, he's yeah, I'll give him that. recruiter. But is he a great coach? I think so. Yeah, I think hmm. what he did at Oregon this year was not representative of his actual ability because he didn't he had stay a quarterback. Long well he had a he also had a quarterback get injured um early in the season but still you know got him to a respectable uh, season so um i feel like with the talent at florida state it's just going to be um even better 
yeah, uh, we'll see. I'll give him a chance. Unlike unlike Chad Morris, I'll actually give him a chance to see what he could do at Florida State. But I'm not sold on it. Josh Heupel. Um, Heupel. Um, he was, what, the OC? At Missouri. That yeah, could be a, a good pro, hire. Pro quarterback back in the day. And then obviously has, has shown his ability to coach quarterbacks with Drew Locke just exploding. Uh, it, it'll be interesting because it's at UCF, so it's um, – I don't know. I feel like they kind of have everything in place to win right. there right now. Right. At UCF, it's a place you can either go to get hired somewhere else because you do really well or a place to go and die because yeah, you're still sure. in a tough conference, so you are still always having to play tough competition. But um, you can recruit well out of there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he could do really well. Who knows? Yeah, I think I think the the skill set, the offensive mind of his probably fits well there. I don't know about his personality. Um, just being like this awkward looking guy from South Dakota. Uh, Is he I from don't South know Dakota? How, yeah. I, Where? Yeah, I don't know. Aberdeen. What? Is an Aberdeen boy? Yeah. Huh. So I don't know how effective he's going to be on the recruiting trail, especially in you know Central Florida. Um, so that'll be interesting. Well, you know what? I'm a fan of his now. I didn't know he was from South Dakota. Mad respect. Sioux <laughs> Falls shout out. What up? Um, what about Rice's uh, Rice's coach? Mike yeah. Bloomgren? Mike Bloomgren. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think kind of like UTEP. You can't really go wrong. It's Rice. It's only going to get better. I think it was. It seems like a good hire, right? Yeah, um, he's got he's got experience in the NFL. Um, played at Florida State, so I guess he's got the, the Florida ties, which never hurts. Well, he's been coaching then, at Stanford for a while. I was about to say, and obviously he's been at Stanford, which is always a good place to to hire from. It seems right. like, uh, especially learning under uh, under David Shaw, and then he also worked under Rex Ryan when he was with the Jets. So. I feel like he's just going to bring like a pro mindset. I think uh, also it's Rice. Like that you can't like any hire is a good hire for Rice. So no, good for them. Honestly, yeah, it I guess it makes me a little nervous that Rice got like a good hire. Maybe he'll like steal some of our recruits, hopefully not, because we need a new coach too. So uh Herm Edwards, Arizona State. What do you think of this whole CEO thing? Definitely my favorite hire, strictly because what's going on? It's such a it's such a bad hire that I can't wait to see this just blow up in Arizona State's face. I don't understand why they got rid of Todd Graham, which like that's that's kind of understandable. Like ah, uh, maybe they just got kind of tired of staying stagnant. I I could see that, but Herm Edwards as the replacement, right? Where did this come from? They were like, oh, instead of a coach, let's have a CEO of our team. And it makes no sense. Did you see the video where he, he didn't even know what the yes. mascot was? Yes, he was like, oh, devil, I'm a Catholic. You better keep that devil away from me. <laughs> like, this is I, insane. So a part of me wants to think that, that, that he actually knows the mascot. No. Just, he just didn't make the connection. No, there's no way. How do you not make the connection? If I, I'm at Duke and someone I, says devils, I'm like, yeah, go Duke. Like, And that's Duke. Like, how would you not He's, make that connection? He is one of the most personal – I mean, I've never met the man, but – just from the videos that I've seen released by Arizona State's um, video departments, like the introduction and everything, they've kind of just been following him around. He seems like the most personable person of all time. Like he just – he shakes everybody's hands. Obviously, that's not that's nothing new, but you really just have to go watch the video for yourself to see this guy is going to get uh, a lot of recruits. 
I'm really, yeah, I'm really hoping that he actually ends up being great. I think it'd be hilarious. Like, not a good NFL coach, but coach. that'd be hilarious if he could, yeah, turn to college at Arizona State and be good. So, I mean, that would that'd be awesome because I'm cheering for it. Look back on this moment and laugh. But and be like, holy shit, I can't I, believe the CEO thing worked it. out. That'd be, that'd be so cool. And then watch like FAU or FIU or whatever, or like does CEO next or some random school start doing CEO shit. Um, maybe the best hire, one of the best hires, Scott Frost in Nebraska. I'd say this probably with Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. Actually, and maybe Dan Mullen. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say Dan Mullen, I think is the best, but Scott Frost. Uh, that's Scott a, Frost, definitely. It's you, It seems like you really can't lose here. Like he's going back to his alma mater. He's young, he's energetic, he's smart. Um, he's proven... You know, it's like if he goes six and six at Nebraska next year, like you're still happy. Right, because, okay, he's young, he's rebuilding this program. Yeah, he has like a solid three years at least to get this program back to where they should be. And he seems like the guy that can actually do it. He seems like a really, really good coach that likes his players. And his players seem to like him. I mean, I haven't heard anything negative about his departure from UCF, have you? Um, No, no, I haven't. Uh, and that's that's obviously really good. That's huge. That's huge. There's always like something where the players are like, "Man, he didn't even tell me he was leaving." Blah blah. blah. I haven't heard anything. Players are like, "Yeah, we really liked him. He's a good coach." Like, that's huge. I think he's gonna do great things, and that'd mm-hmm. be cool to see him do well in Nebraska. I'm I'm Definitely. cheering for Scott Frost. I actually really like him. Yeah, there's no reason for me not to like him. He just seems like a, a good dude. So you think the Jimbo Fisher hire was good? Um, I think just in terms of the dude can coach, the dude can develop quarterbacks, the dude can recruit like hell, it's good in that sense. Um, the other things, the way he left Florida State, I didn't like. Uh, so I, there's some questions about his personality uh, and his temperaments and you know just like getting along with athletic departments. There's definitely some questions. But just in terms of winning, I have no doubt that he's going to help Texas A&M win. Yeah, they asked, I think it was the AD or some kind of booster – they asked, like, if there was any regrets or anything they didn't like about the contract. Because, you know, the absurd contract that they, they got him to yeah, sign. Yeah, $75 million guaranteed. Oh, my God. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But they asked some Aggie if they had any regrets about it. And they said, yeah, we couldn't get him to sign for 15 years. Jesus. That's the dumbest Aggie thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Did I, you hear about... The um the message board that the Aggies that was on the Aggies, no, it was like I I haven't actually read it. I just heard it on another podcast. They were mentioning it. It was basically, it was uh what's the mascot Revelry? Yeah, That's the name. Yep, Revelry. It was like uh, can anybody like uh find the video when Revelry meets Jimbo Fisher? Like we, it's really important that that they get along because Revelry is the face of our program, and if recruits see that Revelry doesn't like Jimbo on first uh, glance. How's that gonna like show? How's that gonna show for our program? Are you serious? It's just the most cultish fan base, and it's oh hard to tell if that was like God. joking. I don't but... think it's joking. That's the scary thing with a and Yeah, I don't think I that's it's... a joke. Like they actually wanted to see the first encounter from their head coach and their mascot dog. I like the fact that he ended up going to AM because when those rumors started to surface that he was leaving to go to AM, the Florida State fan base was so butthurt that they just went on like a three-day rant about how Florida State's a better program and everything. And it just got annoying. Like, hearing Florida State fans cocky about their program is always annoying. But especially, like, at that point, I was very annoyed. And people were like, we have the best fan base in the nation. Like, Aggies Mm. actually think they can keep up with us, blah, blah, blah. 
And I just eventually like commented on some guy's thing. And I was like, look, man, you know, I've been to a game. I played against Florida State. I know y'all have a lot of fans that show up. That's great. Y'all are, uh, you know, go buy a hat fan base. You know, I'll go out and buy a hat and rep Florida State. I was like, if you're not from Texas, you don't understand. Anum is a cult, like drink the Kool-Aid <laughs> fan base. You may have a historically great program, but when it comes to diehard fan base, I'm sorry, you have nothing on AM. They are insane. And that's mm-hmm. not even an insult. That's like, no, just, you know, like that kid in high school where, yeah, you might be tough, but this kid in high school, even if he's not very big, he still will just, instead of kick your ass, he'll actually kill you. And people are like, no, just don't mess with him because he's actually insane. And we're trying to warn you. That's kind of what I was telling this guy about AM. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, literally, one of the main reasons that he left Florida State was because of facilities. So, wow, saying that saying that Florida State's a better program is like, well, clearly not. If he came for more for more money and then for more facilities, um, obviously, I mean, they've they've been more successful as of late, winning the national championship. But just looking at it from a holistic perspective, it's hard to say that Florida State's that much better program. If I, at all, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, y'all are at least on the same level in my page. Yeah, but, I, I mean, mean it's, I don't understand other than, that. Other than like the obvious, like Alabama, Ohio State, um, Texas. Yeah, Texas. Like, it's hard to actually put anybody comfortably over Texas and I'm Just, I would just, still, because I would still put Florida over Florida State when it comes to like a yeah, blue chip program. Yeah, so, I, so yeah. I did. I just didn't understand this cockiness that was coming out of Florida State. I get that you're like butt hurt and you want to talk shit, but they were like genuinely just like laughing at A and M for even thinking that they were on the same level as them. Mm-hmm. So I was happy that Jimbo eventually went. And because I still hate A&M, I was happy that they are paying him a guaranteed $75 million. That's, that's, yeah, that's insane. That's hilarious. And they're still paying someone, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely still paying someone. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Smith goes to Oregon State. Nothing there. Kind of like UTEP. Just a very bland... I mean, what well, he was the OC and quarterback coach for Washington, which yeah, is so like, he's done good. well. Yeah, clearly yeah. he's done well. Um, I I don't know if he's necessarily good. I mean, he's thirty eight, so he's young. Uh, but it's Oregon and State. A, I think it's I think it's his alma mater, right? I think he, he I think he played at Oregon State a while ago. Uh, yeah, he did. Um, ninety eight to two thousand one. So, yeah, so uh, pretty good for them. I mean, it's Oregon State. What are you going to do? Um. Joe Moorhead, though Mississippi State, good hire. I think I think so. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of a unique hire. Like it wasn't one of the names that was constantly being mentioned for for job searches, but uh, he's obviously been very successful at at Penn State. Penn State yeah, yeah, that's um, the thing. His name was never really thrown out there, but then they hired him, and everybody was like, "Oh shit, that was like a sneaky good hire." Like good yeah. for Mississippi State. They kind of came out of nowhere and didn't go for one of the big names. They just got somebody they knew they could get that's so, been doing well. Yeah, I mean it's. I could definitely see it work just because it's kind of falling in the same mold as, as Dan Mullen. Although Dan Mullen already had experience in the SEC. This guy's coming from the north. He's never had experience in the south. Um, so I think it's going to take him a while to get used to the recruiting. Uh, right. The recruiting is the only other thing, I mean, I wasn't totally sure about. because that's, that's a huge deal in the SEC. Like, if you can't recruit, then you're just going to get left behind. He has literally no experience or anything in the south. If you look at his resume... You know, Pittsburgh, Georgetown, Akron, Yukon, Penn State, you know. Fordham. It, yeah, it's just he doesn't really have any Southern experience at all, which is, like you said, a big deal in the SEC. But it's Mississippi State, you know. 
it's they're not going to get the best guy. And I think they got a really, really good coach um, that they were able to actually get. Yeah, uh, and whether uh, whether well, the talent that he was coaching was was leading him or if he was putting him in the right place because obviously Saquon Barkley is going to be you know top five pick. Um, Trace McSorley is uh, an elite college quarterback. So they've been good for a while. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that it he's been he had a lot to do with it. He's played well, he, into I th- it. I think they've been. Uh, I think he's been there as long as they have. If if I'm not. Oh incorrect. yeah, you're right. 2016. Yeah, maybe you're right. But like I said, I think they were a top four team this year. So I'm gonna go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he's gonna be do really good things at Mississippi State. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Dan Mullen, Florida, I think is the best hire out of all of these. Yeah, it's uh, maybe Scott Frost, but right. That's what because, I was saying. Just, those two, just because I could see, yeah. And then, um, but Dan Mullen, I mean, what he's done at Mississippi State, uh, proven that he can develop a quarterback in pretty much any system, well, in his system, but in any, you know, situation. Uh, he's literally a quarterback guru in college, and that's what Florida has missed since he's left. Yeah, because Florida pretty much it was only they had like the three best options on their short list. They had Chip Kelly, Scott Frost, and Dan Mullen. So they could have really went any way and not done it, like been right. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think they, yeah, even Dan Mullen. I think all three of those coaches would have been great at Florida. But Dan Mullen, I think, is just going to do so well, especially like yeah. you said, then, with his SEC experience. And, and he's then, already, I've already seen him with pictures and videos of him with the recruits in Florida playing basketball with them and stuff. I was about to say, yeah, and recruiting, I think he gets kind of a bad rap because he's kind of an awkward-looking guy, but he's actually been a very good recruiter, um, you know, taking Mississippi State from being consistently last in the SEC to towards the middle of the pack, and even this year they were towards the top of the of the recruiting boards. And then Florida, it's always going to be an attractive place to recruit to, so it's not going to be hard. Right, me. and I think just because it was Mississippi State, we didn't hear as much from the recruiting trail, but now that he's been in Florida for like a week, and I'm already seeing it all over Twitter, him playing basketball with recruits. And you know he was doing all the same stuff in Mississippi State, but now that it's Florida, you know, it's out in the public eye, and everyone's like, oh, shit, he's like a really good recruiter. Yeah, yeah, they're probably going to have a top-five class. I would not be surprised. Yeah, they're um, going to do maybe, if, big Maybe things. not this season, but next season, definitely. They're going to do big things, and it's a good time for them to do it while Tennessee's just scrambling and Georgia <laughs> has become a powerhouse again. I mean, Florida's made the right move, so I think yeah, good for them. too. Uh, Matt Luke, one of the most boring <laughs> hires. Can I say that? It, it's 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 a very safe hire, dude. That why is they, they doing needed this? to? It it seemed like an early hire considering the sanctions were released like literally days after he was now right. head coach. But that's he um, would take it. He didn't care. That's what I'm saying. They could have waited until the sanctions came out. Like I don't know why they just went ahead and pulled the trigger that quick. Um, the the reports were that Dave Dorn was NC State coach. Obviously, right. was the was the other uh, possibility. So when hearing that, I'm actually kind of glad they went with Matt Luke. Yeah, you know what's weird is I'm actually not against this Matt Luke move because of how crazy the carousel has been this year, and all these good coaches are getting picked up and going places. Ole Miss was not a you know was not high on the list for some of these best coaches because there's so many other great schools that need coaches right now and the sanctions coming down. So why not stick it out with Matt Luke, who's coaching decently well. You know, he's winning games with them. No, yeah, he, he exceeded expectations. This right. Year, no doubt. So why not just keep going with him? It's kind of like the Ed O thing at LSU. Just keep going with him. And when he does fuck up, you know, hopefully it won't be as crazy of a season for coaching carousel and you can pick up somebody else. 
Yeah, and you never want to make a decision based on one season. Like I know a lot of people are like, well, this is a safe hire because people won't transfer now. Um, you don't want to make a decision strictly on that. Right. But it definitely it definitely does help because as soon as he was announced that they were hiring him, um, the players loved it. They they were all in. Well, and then recruits around the state, now that Dan Mullen's gone, there's like this steady hand in, in Ole Miss right now that all these in-state recruits are like, whoa, uh, you know, Matt Luke's still here. So. Yeah, especially with Mississippi State getting a northern guy who they don't know. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's a really good point. Also, I saw a photo of Harbaugh in the Michigan shit in Oxford. Yeah, yeah, he was just in town. He might actually no, he probably uh, headed out today. That was like was yesterday, here. I think. Yeah, he, yeah, he not here. He was in he was in Oxford um, on Tuesday, uh, spending time with some of the players. I think it's five players, five players that are going to transfer, and they're probably. Probably all go to Michigan. Um, it, it was players that were going to transfer regardless. So it's just kind of – I'm actually kind of glad to see them leave the SEC. That's, um, a, that's a good point rather than go to like LSU or Alabama or something. Just get them the hell out of your territory completely so you don't have to mess with yeah. them. Yeah. It, so, it sounds like there's going to be five or six players transfer from Ole Miss. Those players are probably going to transfer regardless. Um, if they can keep it to six or less, that's a huge win considering the sanctions um anything around 10 would be where you'd start to get a little worried this yeah this is starting to look like a penn state situation you know obviously y'all don't have sanctions or you didn't do anything near what penn state did but penn state bounced back you know didn't yeah, take yeah, them yeah. too too I long mean, to bounce back and i think right now it's looking similar to that i think Ole Miss is doing all the right things they're keeping their interim they turned him interim to head coach just kind of play it out you know, take things a little slow right now with Matt Luke and just see how things go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Penn State is definitely like the playbook. That's who you want to follow just from the way that they turn that, that situation around. Um, and they were able to keep – I think they only had four people transfer that season. Um, and, you know, the the stories are that literally coaches were, were standing in the parking lot talking to each other, waiting for the players to come outside um, to recruit them. So it's it's a pretty scary thing when stuff like this happens because your players are just all subject to – to getting to uh, recruited other schools yeah you got to keep the talk down of them you got to be like look if you want to leave that's up to you but you really need to try to keep their morale like focused on your program it's yeah it's gotta be tough i mean it, i've never it's gotta be insane yeah actually I, I didn't think about the best hire i think it's still coming up yeah i know i, I was gonna mention that but uh Chad <laughs> that's the one that's the one uh georgia southern you know was was he even higher? Was he coaching there in previous? Uh, I'm not sure. I know he was, he was there. Sure. He, he was there. Um, what was he? He was their tight end coach, the wide receiver. He was a bunch of random shit, and then he became interim, and now he's just their coach. Um, good for them. Yeah, good for him. Good for yeah. I mean, good for them too. He'll probably actually do pretty well for them. Mm, we'll see. There's yeah, he went two and three, right? Two and four, but. I mean, you couldn't do much worse with that program anyway, so you might as well just, like, give it over to him rather than try to pay somebody a bunch of money and bring in somebody new. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, maybe – so top three. Maybe the best, at least in the top three, for best hires this uh, this carousel was Chip Kelly, UCLA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's awesome to get him back in the pack. Yeah. Uh, because that's obviously where he's had all the success. I know right. he was he was moderately successful in the NFL. He had that I think he had a ten one season, um, just to show how effective of an offensive with coach the Eagles. He is. Yeah. Oh damn. 
but I'm pretty sure he had nine or ten one season with with the Eagles, and that was uh, before he had Carson Wentz. Oh damn! But but uh, yeah, no, he's going to be awesome. He's going to get recruits to UCLA. Um, you know, this is a program that's got potential to to do great things just based on its location and and resources. Yeah, and I mean, Oregon doesn't even have a coach now, and they're like, oh shit, Chip Kelly's coming back in to the pack. That's got to be a little, eh, you know. Yeah, definitely. UCLA definitely. is a sleeping giant because the pack is just kind of shaky right now. Nobody's really stepping up to claim it as a powerhouse program. UCLA, you can recruit in LA. I mean, it's kind of there for the taking for whoever wants it. And Chip Kelly with UCLA right now is looking like they could. That's what I'm saying. You have great location, um, you know, good, not great facilities, but you're playing in a great stadium. Um, I, like, did I say you're playing in LA? Uh, right. <laughs> it's not going to be hard to recruit talent to LA, and then now that you have this proven coach, um, and then yeah, I looked up his record. He, he had two ten win seasons in the NFL. Yeah, um, kids are recruits are going to love to go to him. So, yeah. you know, they're a big program. They're in the pack. You're getting that West Coast talent. Like, yeah, they could. They're a sleeping giant. They could. They could really do damage in the pack. Um, Tennessee still no coach. I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah. Oregon, no coach. SMU, no coach. South Alabama, they fired their coach. Kent State, no coach. So yeah, that's uh, it's a little bit, a little bit open right now. Uh, Mark Hudspeth. Oh, that's right. Yep, Louisiana Lafayette. There you go. Okay, so let's get into conference allegiance. So the season's over, and we added up the records from all of our teams. Do you want to go first of? each team and what their record was and then say your total overall record yep 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 nc state uh eight and four tulsa two and ten that definitely brought my average down oklahoma state though nine and three actually i'm, I'm just gonna rank them on how on how i think okay uh so i think penn state was probably my best my best team ten and two um and then oklahoma state at nine and three uh nc state at eight and four let's see probably arizona state seven and five hmm. uh central michigan eight and four Ole Miss six and six, uh, Old Dominion five and seven. Now we're getting pretty low. Tulsa two and ten. Georgia State six and five. Okay. So total, oh, and then New Mexico three and nine. So I think total I had sixty three or sixty four games. Wins. How many losses? Do you Ooh, not add that up? No. Okay. Um, overall, I'd say my teams were really good, but I also had UTEP. So. That kind of brought it down. Washington ten and two, Auburn ten and three, uh, App State eight and four. Let's see who who's next. Houston seven and four because they you know only played eleven games. Iowa State seven and five. Oh NIU eight and four also that was pretty good. Wake Forest seven and five. Purdue six and six. Utah State six and six, and then UTEP zero oh, and twelve. Mm, it's rough. Yeah, so you, I, I have no idea how you beat me, but you beat me. Uh, I was 59-51. I'm pretty sure it was just because of UTEP. What was I, like five games behind you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I could have had like any other team there, and I would have beat you. But I didn't. I had UTEP. So that is our conference allegiance. It is over. Okay, so that was our episode. We are definitely coming back next week for an episode. I don't care what Jay says. We're going to do it. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'll be here. Yeah, that's what you always say. 
So we're going to do an episode next week, and we're going to go over bowl games. We're going to predict them. Um, so that was it. We'll see you next week. Peace. Later. We got to definitely write a song about how we, we do not diddle kids. I'm a full-on rapist. I'm sorry. Did you say you're a full-on rapist? place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details